Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So do you think that you complain more about your friends than I do? No. Because you have more friends? No. Then what do you think it is? I don't complain about my friends. Well, you talk about them in a way that's sharing a not-so-flattering viewpoint. We talk every day. We share each other's problems every day. I'm sorry, I like to talk to you about them, too. Who, you and I? Yeah, you. Me. When you want to listen and not be a butthead. I always want to listen. No. And I'm never a butthead. Lies. Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet Magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, as she is each and every week, the lovely, the fallible. Excuse me, what? The ornery. I am not ornery. When? Ever. Ever? All right, sometimes. I seem to remember our daughter coming in at 7.30 on a Saturday and you acting like it was 2 a.m. It's Saturday and she came in to tell me that she's got these playing cards and one of them has Cinderella on it and the one Cinderella has this picture on it and the other Cinderella has this picture on it and she matched it up but they didn't really match and she has this game and blah, 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 blah. I want to let you know. 7.30 on a Saturday. I found it fascinating. Then why didn't you get out of bed? Because I was listening. No, no. No, because I sent her away and you rolled over and continued to snore. So welcome, everyone, with our co-host, Vanessa Markey. Hi. So what are we going to talk about today? California. Which part? The service part. Why? Because it was horrible. Well, enlighten us. Well, okay. We don't actually go out to eat that much. I'm just going to throw this one out there. No, unless it's your parents going, let's go out to eat. Right. We don't actually. I mean, I pick up takeout more than we actually go out to eat. And we I don't, don't get pick that up much takeout. takeout that, yeah. Well, that's what the hell. Let's well, be let me real. finish my sentence. We started, well, yeah. the we was really a me was working on a wooden boat and put more money than we should have. And that resulted into a really nice kitchen. It's awesome. But we do. We like cooking together. Correct. And going out to eat is a waste of money. Yes. Sorry. To be blunt for people who like to go out to eat. But it is. Well, come on. To each their own. You and I, we enjoy cooking together. That's something we do. I think more people, I'm biased, I think more people should. I think it's a great couple building. It's more intimate, I think, than... It's a great activity and it's healthier for you. Yeah. 
But anyway, but so... Some people talk when they go to eat. Right. Or under candlelight. You just throw knives in the kitchen at me when we're cooking together. Wrong. So go ahead. <laughs> Move forward. Let's go. So as most of you know, or those of you have listened in the last two weeks, we just got back from California. You had a conference there. San Fran. Cisco. You know, we don't do that. What grinds my gears anymore, really? Right. But do you know what grinds my gears? San Francisco. <laughs> you know what? I grew up in the era of Full House. Full House never showed a cold, dreary town. Windy. It was city. warm. It was happy. There were no bums. There certainly were no needles. There weren't mattresses on the streets. Totally different city. You're super upset about this one. I expected warm. So do, well, so did I. Hello, I packed three swimsuits and I got to wear one. One day. And that was in the hotel room. One time. <laughs> no, I did get to lay out by a pool for about two hours. But go ahead. So we're talking about service because we noticed something. Well, on these conferences, mm-hmm. they tend to go out to restaurants quite a bit. I mean, and then again, we're, we were not in a hotel room that had the capabilities to cook because sure. contrary to popular belief, we would have cooked. Actually, we would, yes. We've yes. done it. Um, and we went out to numerous restaurants and it's not even in downtown San Francisco because we were in a smaller town to start with, to start with. And the service was horrible, like horrible to the point where every meal that we went to something got comped. And that's not, that's not even an exaggeration. Like something, multiple drinks, a meal, anything, something got comped. Let's back it up a little bit. We go to the first restaurant. We've got a main group of 150 people. Correct. And three hours in, there were people who still didn't have dinner. Right. And they they got up up and left because they were so hungry. They just said, you know, we're done with this. Now you can turn around and look at it and say, well, you had 150 people and they just didn't anticipate that. But they were aware. Correct. It was they preset were told it was a group. Months in advance. Correct. Preset. It was preset menu. So it was a limited menu. Right. Okay. So we thought at first this was a an anomaly. anomaly. Like they just had never dealt with a large group. You notice we just finished each other's sentence, right? <laughs> what was that? Gross. Gag. What? I was proud. Oh, it's so cute. This was a proud moment for me and this was a gag moment for you. This is great. But we did. We thought it was an anomaly. Correct. So two nights later, we went, actually not even that. I mean, at the ho- the little hotel bar area that we would go to with. Golf course. Correct. Which wasn't connected. wasn't part of the I'm hotel. I'm sorry. No, no, but that, I think that's important. It's right. part of a separate restaurateur. Correct. We would even go there. It would be two people it would be four people it would be eight people Mm -hmm. and you still had to wait so long for your food they had one server for both the i'm gonna call it the pub side because they had the pub height tables like the Mm -hmm. high um like stool table chairs correct well and they also kind of had a separate menu for that it was like a bar menu versus a dining side menu and then they also had the dining and then we had one server now for some reason that didn't occur to us as being unique there. I think we thought that the big group, since it wasn't connected with the hotel, was a surprise to them, that they didn't anticipate it. Right. Absolutely. Now, our last dinner that we had there, we only had one real dinner there, but we had a number of times where we got like appetizers. Mm -hmm. Our last real dinner, we had a group of, I'm going to say 10-ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a big group. And again, you got one person running around just like- Serving the whole bar area, which could seep. 50 to 75 people. So it is a, it's a busy area. Yes, it's a busy area. 
And she was overwhelmed even. Correct. But so we have this dinner and we all order. Mm -hmm. She makes the cardinal failure, I guess, and comes out and says, don't worry. It'll just be one more minute. 20 minutes later. She comes out again and says, hey, 15 more minutes. Right. So the, the meal is already taking a really long time. They start serving everyone at the table. And then she goes to the guy sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. He's by himself. His wife couldn't attend. Mm-hmm. She says, sir, you ordered the fish and chips, correct? And he goes, yeah. We're out of the fish and chips. While they're serving the entrees to everyone else. It's been over an hour. Like, they should have known that 45 minutes ago. <laughs> so this is the point where they make it, like, make the table aware of it. Right. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is what's going to be weird. And it's not going to make sense now because we got to take a quick break. But I'll bet you by the end of today's show that we'll logically prove to you it's because of something you would never guess. Would you agree with me? Absolutely. Let's take that quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into this deeper. (laughs) Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. I know you're all on pins and needles. So what is it? Wages. It is. A minimum wage. Now, I got to tell you, this is going to surprise people. I haven't been 100% against higher minimum wage. Correct. I get it. I get the academic part that says if you raise it, the the price of your burger is going to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. I get the fundamentals of it, but sometimes you just go, I, I don't believe in a living wage. Because I don't think McDonald's was ever designed to create a living wage. Correct. I think it was designed, I think our capitalistic nature was designed that if you wanted the $15 an hour job and you make $12 an hour, just the way I was raised states that you do everything the $15 an hour person does and you don't complain that you're not getting paid $15. You work your tail off. And you do what they do. And so hopefully when they get promoted, they may start making $17 that you get the 15. Mm-hmm. And then you don't sit there on, well, I just did $15 an hour wage for two years and only got 12. Mm-hmm. No, you're happy and you're grateful that you got that right. bump. Right. Well, and I just want to say something because there could be some people listening saying, okay, well, you were with a group and you were constantly with people with eight to 10. Well, no, no. I, I think because I, I've told this story a few times. I'm not but, trying to interrupt you. I'm not being Kanye West here. Hold up a minute. Okay. No, but seriously, it does come down to wage and it's not about a group. Correct. And that's where I was going. It's not the group experience. That's where I was going and you caught me off because we went to the same restaurant twice. Mm -hmm. We went with you, my, you know, you, myself, and then the gentleman that didn't have his wife come with him this time because we're really good friends with him. So you, me and somebody else. Correct. So three of us. Right. Took three hours for dinner. 
So then we and then we went two days later to the exact same restaurant with ten people. Took three hours. So then we moved to a different area. So we're outside. We're south of San Francisco at this point mm-hmm. for the conference. Then mm-hmm. the at the end, we've got a number of couples that we've become friends with. Correct. And they said, hey, you guys want to go to San Francisco at the end? We did this, set it up six months ago or so. Right. So we go to San Francisco. And now it's no longer a group environment. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you bring a bunch of econs together. That's stating it nicely. Is it? Yes. I love you all. I do. But sometimes you you men go on a tangent about blah, 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 blah. And I'm being... not saying it's about them being men. It's because the guys are the ones in the industry and then us wives just case. sit and drink wine. <laughs> but you're also better in finance than you lead on. You also were licensed. You've worked at a bank. You yeah, run yeah, a yeah. company. So we're at this little restaurant. This is what get, got me. Mm-hmm. We're at this little restaurant. And I don't know why it tipped us off. But we've also noticed there's a trend over the last few days that we've not only been in San Francisco, but south of San Francisco. Correct. Generally, there's only one server in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. What made us Google this? Do you remember? Well, because we went like the last day. Mm-hmm. We went to that one restaurant. We didn't even eat there. We were just bouncing around and we grabbed a drink and we were sitting there. And I'm like, one of us asked what minimum wage was there, right? I don't know that anybody of us asked. I just looked and I'm like, this is the first restaurant I've been at that they actually have sufficient servers for the number of patrons here and they're busting their butts. And then that led us to the conclusion. I wonder what minimum. I, I don't know how we yeah. stumbled on it. So we, we open it up, right? We do a little quick Google search where the world was at before Google. I don't know. <laughs> they were happy in their ignorance. <laughs> so we look it up and starting in 2016, there was a law that was passed in San Francisco. And it was to raise minimum wage. Not a bad thing. I'm not making a political statement. I'm just going to share with you our experience. And one of the things they did in San Francisco, I believe all of California, was they didn't differentiate between tipped employees and hourly and non-tipped. Correct. So in Michigan and most other states, if you're a tipped employee, I was reading there was actually a rule. I don't know that because I grew up around restaurants. I don't know and construction, but in this case, restaurants, I don't know that they ever did this calculation, but when I was reading one of the rules, it said that an employer is supposed to figure out minimum wage, mm-hmm. they pay you less, and then as long as your tips plus the minimum wage they they pay you equal, min- like the federal minimum right. wage, you're fine. Well, like when I was in retail, I made like $4 an hour plus a commission. 3% commission on what I made, mm-hmm. but if at the end of a two-week time period, that did not equal minimum oh. wage, they paid me minimum wage. Got it. So it was a minimum. Correct. Well, <laughs> hence minimum you, wage. Right. If you didn't hit that minimum wage hourly rate, yes. they paid you that. Okay. Obviously, if you weren't good enough, you didn't keep your job. Sure. So we read this, and it it had just bumped up. It had been a two-year phase into fifteen dollars an hour mm-hmm. minimum wage. Correct. And that was if you were also a tipped employee. Now that was insightful to us because mm-hmm. one of the things we had noticed was people seemed really appreciative of tips. Correct. We no. were in a cab and the guy goes, hey, can I add a dollar gratuity? And right. we were like, add a do- I mean, you could yeah. add like 10 if you want. All right. We said five. Okay. Well, but you know what I'm getting at. Like we I were do. like, really? That's all you wanted is a dollar gratuity? Like it just it seemed almost, cab yes. drivers significantly more than that in other areas. So here was the point though. All of a sudden, this is what happens when you bring econs together. 
we realize that there's a $15 minimum wage and all of a sudden it seems to explain to us why restaurants were understaffed. Correct. So then what did we do? We decided we were going to go restaurant hopping, not bar hopping, restaurant hopping. Here's what we wanted to find. How many people do you have on staff? Right. Um, and then we would order an appetizer or a drink. Generally, let's be real. Generally, one of each. And we would see the service and see how, how long they, it took. See how they work together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we started noticing was the overwhelming majority of the places would have one server. Correct. For an entire restaurant. Mm-hmm. Now, we tried to ask questions and we tried to have some dialogue, but I can't tell you that somebody said, well, we used to have five and we got down to one because of minimum wage. But it really seemed like cause and effect. And I I do have to preface this with the people, the majority of our servers, I mean, we probably had one or two out of the couple dozen that we had while we were there at various places. They were still very nice people. They were just overwhelmed. Right. It was like they were running around and anytime something was missed, they were very apologetic. But they couldn't control it. And that was your point from earlier. Right. That they would miss so much. They, their automatic default was just to start. Comping. Right. So we go to this one restaurant. This is the one. And we got just enough time before break. It was the restaurant on the water. Do you remember that one? Yeah. So one thing we noticed, which was kind of weird. So you walk in and we're greeted by um, a hostess, just like maybe any other restaurant. And then another lady was standing over her shoulder. And I can't tell you that she owned the place or was the general manager, but you know how you just kind of get that aura sometime, that sense that she that's was the role? The, she was the grumpy teacher with the, the ruler. She was the hand snapper, finger snapper. Right. The And the finger wagger. Right. <laughs> She's the lady from the Lowe's commercial that just moves her finger and can move an entire dishwasher. Right. No, it wasn't right. a clothes washer. Anyway. So we start looking around. Now, I was really impressed. Now, growing up around restaurants, I know that they don't always work as a team. Right. One thing that was odd, and this is detraction from the story, but they were all male servers, even in the back, as far as we could see into the kitchen. They were. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but one of the things that really impressed me was I watched this guy come out with an order and give it to a table. And then he went back and he was um, grabbing the water pitcher to fill up their waters. And he walks by this table and he does a double take. It's like he sees them out of the corner of his eye and then he looks back real quick and he can see that their glasses are empty. He does a 180, he grabs his pitcher, he fills theirs up, Mm -hmm. and then he goes to his own table. Correct. Puts the pitcher back, he sees the table, actually this was another guy, he sees a table that needs to, uh, the the people were gone. Mm -hmm. So he starts busting it. Now he's a, he's a, um, a server. Know, a server. So he started, He grabs some plates and the forks and all that stuff. And then I see him go to the kitchen and he points out to one of the busboys, not in like a derogatory way, way, like, what are you doing? It was like a, hey, I could only I grab got this, this. Yeah. but this needs to be done now. And we got to get it wiped up. They worked as a team better than I've ever seen. So, and then here's the problem you have when you get a group like ours together. Mm-hmm. Myself and a couple of the other people... Um, what we now we know their minimum wage. So right. we count the number of people on the floor. I think it was ten, if I remember correctly. It was a lot for what we had been at. Right, and so we count them up. We figure out what the minimum wage would be per hour. Then we estimate the rent that would be in a place like that. This is the nerd part where the rest of us ladies just sit back and drink our wine and watch them think. And then you divide that by the number of hours they can be open. Correct. And then you figure out. Using the average price on the menu, you count up the tables and you go on average, they would each order this, this, and this, right? Mm-hmm. And here, it, here's what the gross revenue would be. Mm-hmm. And then if you had a 50% markup, mm-hmm. here's what you're making. Right. 
I'll tell you that restaurant wasn't making money. At all. No. And that's what's sad. I think it's the, I'm going to call it the frog in the pot. You know what I mean? Right, because it slowly gets to a boiling point and the frog doesn't jump out and it ends up dying. And I think that's what happened in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. When you ask locals about the service, when you look at their Yelp reviews, which we'll talk about a article here in a minute, well, after the break, that uses Yelp reviews as a baseline to show you how, and this is real data, mm-hmm. how an increase in minimum wage directly correlated to more restaurants closing. Correct. I believe what happened was like the frog in the pot and that the locals, they didn't seem to think service was slow. Right, because they're used to it. They got slowly used to it. Right. All right, we'll finish this conversation. When we come back, let's take a quick break. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Legacy Financial Network at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. I got to tell you, we did a, a rerun last week. We had a number of software and audio issues. We thought we were going to tape on location. We only got, I think, one show done. We only got one done. You spent an entire day trying to figure this out. Like three days. And then Mitch sent you a screenshot and it was fixed. No. (laughs) No. Perhaps you, Mitch. (laughs) It wasn't a screenshot. Together, and by together, I mean mostly him, we figured out I didn't have the right drivers. Right. Anyway. The most basic part. So our our best laid plans got floundered by an entire day trying to figure out a computer. Multiple days. So here's an article by Cranes. It's titled, California's Cautionary Tale for New York Restaurants. This article studies and goes over how New York City wants to raise their minimum wage, Mm -hmm. but shows California as an example and goes over specifically San Francisco and how it affected them. Okay. So Harvard Business School did a re- did research and they used data from Yelp. Right, which everybody uses Yelp nowadays. I got to tell you, I really have not seen the whole thing with Yelp, but I didn't know. We still don't have Yelp. Right. I've never used Yelp. Right. But we did have a person from our group that was well-versed in the Yelping. Obsessed with Yelp. Not even just well-versed. But Yelps they were everything. I, what I didn't know is that it will tell you restaurants near you when you let it use your GPS. But anyway, moving forward. So what they did is they found that in San Francisco, specifically the city we're in, that we Mm -hmm. had such a horrible experience with Mm -hmm. service for each $1 increase in the minimum wage. They found the rate of closure for medium rated, which was 3.5 star restaurants, increased by 14%. That's a lot. Yes. So just increasing minimum wage closed 14%. They saw an increase of closures by 14%. But if you think about it, These companies, I mean, restaurants already struggle. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy industry to get into. It's not an easy business to run. And now you are mandated to pay these people. And I'm not saying that they're bad servers, but honestly, I'm going to tip somebody more if I know that they're not making as much on an hourly basis. If they're, I mean, actually, honestly, we always tip really well anyway, because we've been in those industries. But we didn't know about it. We didn't change after. And most of our group didn't. Right. We literally found out about the minimum wage like the last 48 hours we were there. 
and then became fascinated by trying to right. see trends. Right. So if you think about it, trying to be a restaurant owner and you are now having to change your business model to accommodate these demands for minimum wages. And now you have to decrease the amount of servers you have because you can't afford it because right. your margins aren't great. Yeah, they're in single digit margins. And then your service goes down because you can only afford two servers right. for a dining period. Or, watch this. So let's back the truck up. Throw the flag on the plane and replay it. Okay, I was not that far off base. No, no, you're not. a good tangent. No, no, here's what's cool. So further on in this article by Cranes, it said some restaurateurs have responded with a no tipping model where menu prices are higher to replace tips to fund a higher flat wage for their servers. Not surprisingly, many servers hate being turned from highly tipped professionals into minimum wage employees. Well, there's no incentive. Famed restaurateur Danny Meyer reported losing up to 40% of his staff upon adopting a no tipping policy. So here's what I thought of. When you go to the no tipping policy or the higher minimum wage and fewer tips, mm -hmm. if you're really good at what you do, you get tipped much better than those who aren't so good. Correct. But now you're not going to get tipped so high. You're not going to get compensated, be highly compensated. You're not going to be way over. In that article, it talked about how the average server was making nearly, by one study, nearly $25 an hour. Right. In some, I think it said New York City. Which, right. Which is probably not considered high there, but it's still, whatever. I mean, that's, that's quite a good chunk of sure. money per hour. So a thousand bucks a week on a 40 mm -hmm. hour work week. So you take highly compensated employees and make them no longer so highly compensated. Correct. So the good ones leave. Mm -hmm. And so now service kind of takes a step backward. Right. Because your good ones left. Well, and there's no motivation. I'm going to make $15 an hour. And there's less motivation. Get, right. I can't get tipped for it. So why would I bust my butt to do this? So we lose the good servers or mm -hmm. some of them, a big chunk of them. And now as time goes on, they can't afford to have as many. Right. So now service goes down again. And I think it just made people used to it. Right. But this wasn't like Europe. We've been lucky enough, you know, blessed enough. We've gotten to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. And when you go there, you expect slow service. But I'm going to tell you, the one server that we had, he hated it. Hated it. Like, he went on a tirade about, I wish I didn't live here. But while they were slow on the food, if you needed another water, or you needed a soda, or you were having a glass of wine, they were on top of it. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole point that we're trying to make here is it was kind of sad. It was disappointing. Right. We went to a beautiful city. I we, know. It was at one point. Right. I've never seen parks that every five to ten feet, there was a homeless person sleeping, laying down late afternoon. I saw more drug exchanges on the sidewalk in a 30-minute time period. Than we've ever seen in our life. Right. Or the funny thing was when we saw those millennials laying on the on the grass mm -hmm. and I looked at you and I go, if the homeless people are laying on a tarp in the grass, why are you not laying on a tarp? <laughs> I think there's an indication that you need to go buy a tarp. How about the gypsy lady who got mad at me? Well, you should have saw that coming. I did. I was more psychic than her. I said... When she said, do you want me to read your fortune? Well, if you're really psychic, you would have known that I was already going to say no. Right. Which pretty, makes me, pretty much makes me more psychic than you are from the fact that I already knew you were going to get upset once I told you no. This doesn't go over well with gypsies. It did not. 
It did not go well at all. Anyway. So the whole point to this is this was a beautiful city at some point. Mm-hmm. And it was just disappointing. Right. There was high rates of homelessness. Mm-hmm. We walked through streets where we saw broken needles. Mm-hmm. We saw numerous mattresses on the sidewalks. Correct. And then you go to a restaurant and it's expensive. Yep. And it would take three hours, even without a group. Right. To get food. Right. Our last experience there was getting sushi where they brought it out for the entire table. Except for mine. But yours. Which I don't know if you people know this. The I worst thing you want to do is bring Vanessa's food last. Well, it wasn't that it was last. It was that it was 20 minutes last. Way last. So the whole point here is the best way, the very best way to increase somebody's wage. You know what that is? Incentive. Well, maybe. To make their time in higher demand. Right. You want to know the one way to guarantee an increase of wages? Figure out how to make people's time more in demand by employers. Valuable. Right. So until next week, we are your hosts. And this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.